morning, all. It is Thursday, February 2. The Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And yes, February 2, Thursday. That means we are four weeks away. Four weeks away from games. Meaningful games in the NRL. Thursday, March 2, it all starts with the Parramatta Eels hosting the Melbourne Storm. Bring it on, pup. How are you this Thursday? Morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. I'm just watching on our... TV here, England dominate South Africa in the one day, and Jofra Archer is back, boys. Five for 40, Oof. bowled nine out of his 10 overs, and he's bowling quick and he's accurate. So look out. Now I'm not playing. <laughs> That's a great sign for the Ashes uh, and, and for cricket. I think Jofra Archer is an extreme talent. Uh, had a horrible injury, been out for a long time. So from England's perspective, that's a positive. But I think from a fan's perspective as well, I know we're around the corner from starting this test series against India, but then we have the Ashes. So having Jofra Archer back involved in that series will be massive for all of us, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. He just adds that X factor, doesn't he? Gives England confidence, no doubt about that. Uh, morning, Loza. I was in your neck of the woods yesterday. I went and played a few holes there at Northbridge Golf Club, and lo and behold, I just run straight into Joshy Reynolds, a buoyant Josh Reynolds after he I ends bet. up in the top 30 squad there at the Bulldogs. We ended up playing together, and... Yeah, he is uh, on top of the world. We're going to speak to him later this morning. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning, everyone. Um, yeah, that was great news yesterday when we heard that Josh has picked up a, a spot on the Bulldogs roster. They've recruited quite well this off-season, um, and I think they'll definitely improve. They've got a new coach in Cameron Serraldo as well. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think Josh embodies what the Bulldog spirit is about. You know, a guy that's you know competes to the end. Um, he's built his game on those small efforts, um, he's not the most skillful player, but you know what you're going to get from him every week. He's just a guy that is very passionate about the club. He wants to be involved with the Bulldogs. They lack a little bit of leadership uh, and a bit of experience, and Josh will bring that to the club. Bigger overnight news from over in the States. The retirement of a legend. This time, in his words, quote, for good. Tom Brady has put out a post on Instagram saying that that is it. So it was uh, speculation mounted on um, what club he would head to for next NFL season after his, uh, what, three seasons in Tampa Bay in the end. He's had enough. So at age 45, 23 years in the NFL, which included seven Super Bowl wins, 10 Super Bowl appearances, five Super Bowl MVPs, that many individual accolades. I'd be here all morning reading them out. He now uh, well heads to Fox Sports for a ten-year, three hundred and seventy-five million dollar contract. That's American. <laughs> Very similar losses deal here at the Big Sports Breakfast. Oh, what a career! He's got though. a three in it somewhere, surely. I'd only worked the one year. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I don't think I'd stay for the team. Uh, but anyway, uh, we talk about Brock Purdy and the season that he had, and being Mister Irrelevant, the last person in the draft. You got to remember Tom Brady. He was picked 199 in the sixth round of the 2000 draft. It's hope for us all. So, I mean, you talk about players that missed out, missed out, missed out, then got an opportunity. Tom Brady has well and truly grabbed that opportunity where no one thought he'd have the career that he had. Seven Super Bowl, ten Super Bowl appearances. The GOAT. He is the best of all time. 
the thing that stood out for me was obviously his accuracy with his arm, but he owned the big moment. He, he was, his greatness under pressure was oh, unmatched. He was a winner. Because you look at him, Loz, he's not the flashiest quarterback you've ever seen. He is just a winner. Well, he's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a um, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Mm. You know, he's not good on his feet. He's just very good in the pocket. His accuracy and his decision-making. You know, how many times, you know, with less than two minutes to go, the ball is in Brady's hands and you can go in Super Bowls, you can go whatever match you look back on, he got his team home. More, more times than not. And uh, well and truly in the GOAT debate, that's for sure. You bring up all the legends, Jordan, Ali, Tiger, and Brady's right there with them, no doubt about that, considering the longevity. And even this season, he, he was still... I think he led the league in passing yards because they didn't run it at all Tampa Bay. But, yeah, that's it. At age 45, unbelievable. What a career. What a legend. No doubt about that. The great Tom Brady. And we're just watching this. Joffre Archer, Clark. He, uh, Sixth he ended up okay, with. Okay, right. There you go. Just raising got a smooth the action. Oh, mate, he's athlete. You mm. watch him run, like even running in the field, one-hand pickup, you know, good fielder. Um, yeah, clean bowling action. Yeah. <laughs> When you look at someone's technique, especially as a fast bowler, like he bowls 140Ks mm. plus, the, the the pressure that goes through his body, he gives himself the best chance because he's so athletic, he's so fit, he's so lean, but his action is, as you say, very clean. Uh, we've also got on in the studio here, it's uh, Pipeline over there in Hawaii. They've had a couple of lay days and it looks like competition is getting underway there. I'll tell you what, this is where we need to push our superiors for an outside broadcast. Oh, yes, How please. do we get to Hawaii for Pipeline? Oh, just a surfing event anywhere. It'd be nice. Thanks. Well, I went to Hawaii. <laughs> Any, anywhere uh, in Australia will do. To start, let's start with that. Bells Beach. Bells is perfect. Yeah. I, I went to Hawaii and I'm not a big beach goer. I can sit on the beach for an hour or so, but, mm. you know, then I'm starting to get bored. When I was last in Hawaii five years ago, we went out over to, to Pipeline. Mm. Honestly, I could sit there all day. Yeah, just watch that massive surf. Just watching yeah. the waves mm. roll in and watching look at people just oh. surf it. It was uh, unbelievable. Uh, so, as I mentioned, we're a month away. And I just had a quick look at the odds for this round one match in a month's time. And I wonder how much Parramatta are being disrespected because the Melbourne Storm are $1.58 favourites travelling to Sydney for that round one game. Parramatta $2.40 and plus four and a half at the line. There seems to be this, I guess, prevailing thought, Loz, and I, I think it'll be reflected in a lot of our top fours and top eights when we do one before round one. The Parramatta are going to go backwards this year. But, you know, the spine's still very much intact. I know they've mm. lost Reed Marnie. They get Josh Hodgson. I guess they're notable losses are Isaiah Papali'i and maybe Nia Kore. Uh, and whether, you know... Reed Marnie. Yeah, you know, uh, the fact he's been replaced by Hodgson. Yeah. I would say he's, you know, the spine yeah. is intact. Yeah, but it's, it's still... I don't know. You could argue that it's not as strong a side as last year. And if they're going to go backwards, um, that's pretty easy to do because you've got to make a grand final. If you don't make a grand final, then you haven't had a successful season compared to the previous one. I don't know whether the market is being disrespectful because Melbourne Storm under Craig Bellamy have never lost a round one game. Amazing stat, isn't it? So (laughs) I'd say that'd be part of the reason why Melbourne will go into this game as favourites. But I I wouldn't be writing Parramatta off in this game. You know, they've, they've got some players missing for round one. I think 
it will be a tight game. Um, you know, there'd be no Pappenhausen for Melbourne. But you look at the record of Craig Bellamy, round one, never losing. I can understand why they're favourites. Because the tab and other agencies have probably been taken for a mozza every round one for the last 20 years. Who are you tipping, Clarky? A month out. You can change your tip, by the way, when we actually get to the week it's going, it's being played. No, I think I'd probably go Melbourne because of Bellamy's record, that game one record. Um, and last year's last year. doesn't count anymore. So for Para, it's, you know, it's back to you start on zero when you walk out to bat, you know, even if you're coming off a double hundred. Next time you walk out, you start on zero. Uh, now, pretty wild as well as... Mm. Uh, you know, we saw the Burries coming out yesterday for Saturday's racing. Pretty wild. Race five, number four on Saturday. Barry at seven of ten. But the jockey booking, Jay McDonald. And he said back that on. there was a, a bit of a hint from the stable that might be mm. saved for next Wednesday. I haven't heard uh, from Chris. Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm sure there'll be an email today letting me know if she'll be running Saturday or... He'll be holding it back till Wednesday, but already had a bet. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. When well, I saw the jockey booking, I yeah. had a bet straight away. Three sixty to three eighty yesterday. Mm. I hope she runs. I hope she. Hope they give her a crack. Thirteen hundred. I don't know how she's going to go, but I hope they give her a crack. And uh, second up with the multi. First up, you know, it was an issue, Loz, but you know, you, you're always better second up, aren't you? you? You you're not a fresh galloper. No, I'm always well, we're about to find out. Third, fourth, <laughs> fifth. Further into my preparation, I'm, I, I go all right. But uh, that's in the fifth race, isn't it? Yep. Because uh, I'm going. I think I told you to Ramwick. You are for a wedding. Yeah. On Saturday, mm. and that race mm. that Pretty Wild is running in is running in the Dave and Sam handicap. Look out. Very good. Yes. There we go. So that might be an omen as well. Yeah. Come on. Are they presenting the... I, well, I don't know. Sa- or I don't know if there would be a sash. I, I don't know. Okay. All I know is I've got to be there early. There we go. And then yeah, it's going to be a big day. day. <laughs> she gets up. Can you celebrate for me? If she wins, I'll be in the winner's... Beautiful. Circle. Beautiful. I'll be down there. Collecting it, getting photos, <laughs> <laughs> doing the speech, <laughs> giving bank details. <laughs> Good as gold. Back page of the Daily Telegraph. Dogs get top marks, but coaches query final say is the headline here. So uh, this is the or oh, part two, as uh, the coaches and assistant coaches been uh, part of this survey uh, by the Daily Telegraph, and uh, some of the questions posed here. Best off-season additions. And uh, the Bulldogs recruits, top of the pile here, Viliami kick-out, getting 29% of the coaches and their assistants' votes. Reed Marnie, 25%. And next is Brandon Smith on 18%. And uh, in the crux of this article, well, another question was, who should have the final say of recruitment? <laughs> and the coaches naturally... 71% of them said they should get the final say in recruitment. No shock there, Loz. Uh, no shock at all, Mido. Look, I think that the coaches should have a say, most definitely, in recruiting plans for any organisation. Uh, but I still think you need someone there that protects the club and makes decisions based on the best interests of the club. Because if you're a coach in your final season, you're under pressure, you've got 
you know, a million and a half dollars to spend. You're just going for what you can get. You're not thinking about any future plan. You're just going, well, I'll get him because he's a good player. I'll get him. And you sign him for two or three years and you could leave your side in a mess. You could leave the club in a mess. Uh, so I think that while I'm not a fan of committees making these decisions, I think you've certainly got to have consultation and you've got to have guys that you trust that can build a footy team. Um, and the only thing I, I don't like about route, about committees is they procrastinate. They just take too long to get decisions mm-hmm. done and make decisions on players. Um, and you can miss out. So I, I think that you definitely need someone in charge, uh, but you've got to have a process where you talk to the head coach and talk to other people in and around the game, people at your own club, and then make a fast decision on whether you go and get that person or not. The big key with recruitment, though, as, as well, Loz, there has to be checks and balance on the coach, though, doesn't there, if, if the coach has absolute power, because you don't want to be in a situation... Because coaches can think short term yeah, yeah. and get your salary cap way out of whack very, very quickly, as we've seen. We've seen clubs do it in the past. Yeah, exactly right. And you know what? It's not so much taking a risk on um, some of the more experienced players. It's more about those young guys that you've got to know and, you, and you've got to have a handle on them. And some young players these days get astronomical amount of money. So they're the ones you've got to be careful of as well, like not paying way over to get a certain player to your club that turns out to be not as good as you thought. Whereas at least if you've got a player that's played a few years in the NRL, you can get a better handle, better indication of how he's tracking and what he can bring to your club. And you can you know, talk to people in and around his network, find out what type of guy he is. You can see yourself, you know, what his actions are like on the football field, what he's like as a person away from the footy field. So... Um, there's a lot that goes into recruitment, but you've got to make sure that the club's protected. You just can't willy-nilly hand the checkbook to the coach. I don't think. No, no, of course. Uh, other questions here. Uh, now, are coaches consulted enough by the NRL? No, 79%. Not surprising there. Rate the quality of officiating. Uh, two out of five, 38%. And three out of five, thirty-three percent. Four out of five, twenty-five percent. Uh, should the game have a window at the end of the season for internationals? Yes, ninety-six percent of the coaches and their assistants said. Best coach in the NRL? Well, no surprise. Craig Bellamy, sixty-seven percent. Next was Craig Fitzgibbon, and of course, only one year in the top job there at the Sharks, thirteen percent. And then Ivan Cleary, eight percent. Um, also here, what is, uh, who is the best player outside your club? And Nathan Cleary got 57% from the coaches there. Uh, next was Cameron Munster, 17%. James Tedesco, 13%. And for all our talk about Tom Trebojevic, he was next at 9%. So Out of mind, out of sight, Tommy. I think if you asked that question the previous year, I think a lot of people would have said Tom. And it changes quite a bit because there's not much between all those players. They're all very, very good. You know, they're, they're, they're the best players in today's game. And I can understand why you'd be split. Because if someone gave you an open checkbook and you had to sign one of those five players, who would it be? I reckon it'd take you a while to figure out which one you wanted. Depends on your club's needs, isn't it? Well, it depends on your club's needs. But if you're starting from scratch, if you're, you know, just looking at an individual player and his talent, who do you go for? Gosh, that's a tough question. 
if you had fifth choice and you ended up with the fifth player, well, you'd be still happy. Yeah, definitely. So uh, is it Cleary, Munster, Tedesco, oh, Trebojevic? Yes. Is that the f- four or was there another one? Uh, Cleary, Munster, Tedesco, Trebojevic. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah. either of those four. Doesn't It doesn't worry me. And I'll tell you who's next, Dylan Edwards. He got 4%. And what Dylan Edwards, there's a lot of players in the game on more money than Dylan Edwards. And there he mm. is. He was the fifth, basically the oh, Value fifth. for money, Dylan Edwards gives you plenty. You know, what he's been able to do the last 12 months, or possibly 18 months, has been exceptional. You know, he just got better and better. Um, you know, he's not the most skillful player, but you know what you're going to get from him. Every week he turns up, he'll give you 20-odd runs. He's always pushing on the ball. He's in support. Uh, he's not the flashiest player, um, but he's certainly gutsy and he's tenacious and never lets you down. Big night at the SCG, pup, and uh, it's the challenger. So for the right to play in the Big Bash final against the Perth Scorchers on Saturday and the Sydney Sixers up against the Brisbane Heat and the market with Tab has the Sixers $1.53, the Heat $2.50, back page of the telly, Dan Mann for Sixers. So with Steve Smith, of course, off to India, Dan Hughes looks like he will be getting the nod to replace Smith there. Only played, what, three games as he's been behind uh, Smith and uh, England import James Vince as well. Uh, So he's going to get a crack tonight. And uh, also back page of the Australian headache for BBL. Two sides just too good. So uh, just some concerns about the dominance of the Scorchers and the Sixers. Uh, This is the last thing the Sixers would want to be reading today, considering mm. they haven't got through to the final yet, but uh, I think the, the Scorchers have won four titles, the Sixers three, yeah. and a few sides have shared one title in the history of the Big Bash League, but uh, uh, a big ask for the Heat tonight, considering well, they've lost a third of their side. Mm. Kawaja, four? lose four players? Yeah, Kawaja, Labashane, Renshaw, Renshaw Swepson. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And at the SCG, where the Sixers do pretty well, their spinners play a big part. Uh, Daniel Hughes, good player. I think smart decision from the Sixers as well because he's a senior player. He's been around for a long time, so the pressure of a final won't get to him. Um, Dan Christian, his last season in the BBL as well, so another reason for the Sixers to want to get to that final. I think no matter who takes on the Scorchers, I'm not sure you can beat them in in their own backyard. I think their record is phenomenal. They love conditions up there in Perth. Uh, they use the conditions really well. So, yeah, I think oh, this game this game will be a good game, a great opportunity for the Brisbane Heat, who haven't had too many successful seasons. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a massive ask when you lose your four best players, really, um, to international duties. Uh, Sixers lose Nathan Lyon and Steve Smith, I think, are the only two. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think the Sixers will, will win this game and play the the Scorchers in the final. 